talking about True Leaf Market by now, who are sponsoring On The Ledge for a whole three months. And it's fantastic to have their support and help me bring more and more houseplant tips and chat to everyone who loves indoor gardening. Listeners in the US can use the coupon code on the ledge to get 10% off your purchase at True Leaf Market. It's the place to go for everything you need to get started growing indoors. A great range of seeds for sowing veg, herbs and flowers in your garden and kits to get started with sprouting or even growing your own mushrooms too. So check out trueleafmarket.com now and use the offer code on the ledge to get 10% off your first purchase. And welcome to On The Ledge Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Perone. And you may be thinking, oh, this doesn't sound like Jane's studio. Well, that's because I'm out on holiday by the beach, on the beach, in fact, right now, uh, enjoying a typical English holiday on a rainy, windswept, sandy stretch of beach. I'll be back in my studio by the time you hear this, but I thought this might be fun to record on the go. And in the busy life of a podcaster, well, sometimes you just have to deal half leave. Sorry, the dog was about to eat a deer carcass then. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just have to do things uh, when you can and where you can. So I hope you enjoy the little sound effects in this week's episode. And in this week, I'm talking to Baylor Chapman about plants in the bedroom and her new book, Decorating with Plants. Baylor's the author of the plant recipe book, and the founder of Lila B Design, and that's a San Francisco-based design studio. So we discuss the myth that plants are bad for bedrooms. Uh, we try to find some more suitable plants for my dark bedroom, and hear all about a plant called Super Clone. Just love that name. Thanks to Jane, that's uh, not me, that's another Jane, for becoming a patron of On The Ledge this week. That means she's unlocked extra exclusive content and helping to keep the show growing and pay for things that are kind of exciting, like a trip to the Peak District to visit the UK's national collection of peperomias. Yes, I'm dedicating a whole show to peperomias coming up and I'm heading off to see the lady who owns the national collection in the UK. So she's got all of the peperomias. That's going to be a really nice episode. And Patreon support will be helping to fund that trip. And, oh yes, don't forget to grab your smartphones this week and send me a 30-second or so voice memo about why you love On The Ledge. Send it to ontheledgepodcast.gmail.com and I'm going to put those out in my 100th episode. Right, let's get on with my chat with Baylor. Speaking to me all the way from San Francisco. Hello, Jane. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm a big, big, big fan. And my name is Baylor Chapman, and I'm based in San Francisco, and I'm a plant designer. And I've published a couple books, and my my purpose is really to help people um, feel the joy of playing with plants and, and how they can really better our lives and make us better people. What a great idea for a book. Decorating with plants. I've got a copy uh, in front of me and it's a really lovely book. And I like this idea of playing with plants because I think sometimes 
us houseplant addicts can get a bit too serious about our plants and, and get very sort of um, worried about experimenting and trying new things in case we kill them or in case anything goes wrong. And there is something in treating plants as kind of like a raw material, isn't there, that, that, that frees you up to try new things. And that's what I think I want is when I run into so many people and I tell them what I do, they, they a lot of people say, oh, I am a plant killer. And I just, there's so much guilt and shame around that. And I don't think it's okay. You know, I've burnt toast. I've burnt dinners. I've, um, I've messed up on so many things. And so why not mess up on a plant here and there? It's okay. Just let it go and try and try again. So that's what I want. I want people just to, to experience the joyful part instead of the shameful part about caring for a plant and having to do it perfectly. What's nice about this book is you go room to room looking at different solutions for different rooms. And uh, that's really useful because every room does give a different uh, set of challenges when it comes to, to using plants successfully. I wanted to focus in on the bedroom because I don't have many plants in my bedroom. I have a very dark, it was not dark, but it's just not a lot of light in there and there's not a lot of surface area for plants. There's no windows, window ledge. Um, so I struggle with plants in my bedroom. So I need some advice here. But before we go on with that, I just wanted us both to finally put to put to bed is a terrible pun. But can we smash the myth about, oh, don't have plants in your bedroom because they're going to cause you to be oxygen deprived or right, die right. or something horrendous? Yeah, it, it, I think it's it's quite the opposite, but really it's the respiration, you know, it's the, the back and forth between breathing at which plants do like we do, but they're not going to steal all the air from us at night. Definitely not. I mean, it's such a trivial amount um, that happens. And then the other thing is there are some plants that actually release a little bit more oxygen at night. So I think that if you're, if you're really worried about it, then bring in a sansevieria or something like that. And that actually can um, release a little bit more during the evening than during the day so you could do think of it that way and if you're worried about you know somebody stealing your oxygen you probably need to be more worried about your dog your cat <laughs> your boyfriend your girlfriend than yes. you are about you know a couple of a couple of pothos or whatever it may be exactly exactly yeah so i think that myth yeah needs to be put to bed as you put it um definitely because plants can only bring um yeah good things to your bedroom i think so all the other and what about this issue of putting plants into a bedroom space? I have struggled with this. As I've told you, I've, I've struggled with this in previous bedrooms as well. I guess I've always seemed to have dark bedrooms that don't have a heck of a lot of light. There's some lovely bedrooms in your book, which have got beautiful light. And I just look at my bedroom and go, oh, it's so sad. And the only place to put, put plants really is the dressing table, which is the furthest point from the window. So I really need some help here. Okay. Well, my bedroom is the same. Right. Okay. Give me hope. Yeah, I think there is hope. And my uh, uh, San Francisco studio apartment is north facing and it's pretty, um, it doesn't have a, a lot of direct light at all. And um, in my bedroom is at the other end of the 
the apartment, which has two French doors. So there are really no lights there. There's just a half wall. And I think there are solutions. I think there are solutions for small space uh, living, and there's also sp uh, good plants for low light. And Sansevieria is the one that I mentioned before. And there are so many different ones, not the typical one you see. You can see this um, you can get them desktop size and you could get them five feet high. There's one called Super Clone, which is pretty awesome that can get up to five feet and it's very narrow. So if you have a very small space, um, just get one Super Clone, put it in a really narrow vase and it can only, it's about, I don't know, one, it could be even five inches wide or so, but the vase should be about 10 inches. Um, there are uh, braided Sansevieria, which you could put on your, on your desktop or your 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 bureau top. And I think that if you are going to put something in your bedroom on your bureau top, you want to make it very sturdy. You don't want to make it very fluffy because it's a busy it's a busy counter. It's something that sounds like you use a lot for your jewelry or your makeup or your, you know, your watches or your glasses and things like that. So you want a plant that's a little more sturdy. So Sansevieria is a great one because it, you know, it's great for um, cleaning toxins in the air because of that NASA study. It's also durable and it can take low light. Um, I've never heard of Super Clone. That's a new one on oh, me. I'm going to have to Google that immediately. Super Clone. Okay. Super Clone. And San Marcos Nursery in California, I spend a lot of time down near Santa Barbara. They have a great website that um, tells you all about plants, and that's where I bought it. Um, and their website does tell you a little bit more about it. And there was one in the book I did. I featured, um, I called it like a little box of chocolates. It was a whole bunch of Sansevieria all in one pot, different varieties. And um, kind of fun. And the super clone is sticking up above, way above the rest. Okay. I ha Funnily enough, I was just looking at my Sansevierias the other day. And I've got, how many have I got? I've got at least three. And I arranged them with different, like I've made quite a nice arrangement of these three pots. And they're sitting in uh, the sunroom at the minute. Well, it's uh, not it's not too bright in there, but it's got a glass roof. Um, so I wonder if I'm going to move those to my bedroom. That's an interesting thought. And it's a good yeah. point about the fluffiness because I have had a previous bedroom. I think I may have told this story on the podcast before. But anyway, um, I had a previous bedroom which is painted bright yellow, really bright yellow. Uh <laughs> I don't know why now, it was a long ago, but I had um, a shelf above the bed with plants hanging down and I had a, I had a dream in the night and I obviously thought, thought something was attacking me, jumped up, started grabbing hold of the plants <gasps> on the shelf and my, oh, no. my boyfriend, now husband, was kind of, I mean, he's not the best being woken up in the middle of the night anyway, but he was obviously giving me short shrift as I started to kind of fling houseplants around. But anyway, so that's, it's a good point that you don't want things that are going to catch or um, be pulled off because a bedroom tends to be the house, the room in the house that has the most soft furnishings where you least want kind of to be flinging potting soil <laughs> About. Yeah, you don't. Definitely not. You don't want to. Sp it's like the bathroom or the kitchen. Those are great places to knock over a plant because you can just easily clean it up. It's got a, a, a surface, but your carpet and your bedroom or your bed, that's a little harder. So air plants would be another great one that you could use there to tuck them in, in places and it's no no soil there. Yeah. So. And when you go to clients' homes and, and see people trying to put plants into their bedroom where do people go wrong with this what are the things that people do that just don't work that you've kind of had to help them find a better path well I think it is it's about um 
kind of what we talked about in the beginning, saying, oh, I'm just a plant killer. I can't keep things alive. So I think it's kind of thinking about your space and thinking about what would work there, like the right plant for the right space and the right owner. So it's kind of, okay, so here's my space. As you said, yours is um, is a darker space, as is mine. So kind of go to the nursery and talk to the plant specialist there and find out, all right, here's my space. I don't get any direct light. Um, and it's a colder space. What plant would work for that? So think about the right plant for that space and then kind of think about um, are you the right owner meaning that are you going to be someone that really wants to care for this plant every few days you really want to nurture it or are you someone who wants to kind of take a step back and say you know what I'll check on this plant every every week or two so kind of think about that and make that plant fit into your space and your time commitments kind of not about oh I love this plant I'm going to just stick it there so, and I also think about the fluffy part, which we just talked about. Think about your personality. What do you want your bedroom to be? Um, you know, I wouldn't put anything too thorny in my bedroom. I want it to be something that um, that feels very comfortable. And it could be that sculptural um, braided Sansevieria I talked about because it's still beautiful, even though it's not fluffy. There are, there's many a place for a fluffy plant, but that's not it. I used to have um, a Pilea libanensis, the very tiny leaf Pilea that oh. can be quite fluffy. It was in front of my, it was sort of to the side of the TV. And I realised that, yeah, that wasn't a good place for it because it went over at least once. Ah, <laughs> so now, yeah. so now, it's in, now it's in the um, bathroom of the office where I am now, which is, uh, well, a windowsill that until recently was occupied by... A, a a framed photo of my husband's football team, which has now been, I don't think I've told him this yet, just that's now been moved and it's now got plants in it because I've realised that actually it's quite good out there because it's quite, um it's not, doesn't get too warm in the summer. So yes, it's been, I'm, I'm wondering when he's going to notice this picture's been moved. But Moved, um. yes. But, you know, you know, it's so important, though. It's like the psychological comfort of your home and surrounding yourself with meaningful objects, whether it's the, the photograph of your husband or the plant, and both seem to mean something to you because they both kind of are these stimuli for the senses. And when you go into your bedroom, you want to evoke that feeling. So I don't know if the football picture is the right one for the bedroom, but I was going to say you could move something <laughs> like that into your bedroom. I, but sh the I should... I should say it's not a picture of my husband in a football team. It's the football team he supports. So it's not – if it was of him, I might have felt more – Okay, I got gotcha. I might have felt more, uh, yeah, more conflicted about moving it, but – <laughs> definitely want plants in your bedroom. I mean, I love that you tried the pilea in your bedroom um, because it's something that meant something to you. you. You spoke so so lovingly about it, like, oh, it's fluffy and it was really sweet. And so try it. And if it doesn't work, find something else. And maybe you're going to end up with this marimo ball just in water next to your bed, um, or you're going to hang it on a wall or something. And it's going to have to be really simple. But you want it to evoke that kind of that feeling of rest. It's your bedroom. It's about you. It's where you want to go and you want to rejuvenate. It's the place that you want to go. Um, you want to sleep there. You want it to be a lovely place for you. So don't put plants that are all thorny or something that stresses you out. Like, oh my God, I have to water that all the time. You want something that's really easy there. You want to rest your mind. No maiden hair ferns then. No, oh. <laughs> no, no alocasia pollies or anything like that. That I just hear so often from listeners that they're, you know, being tortured by yellowing leaves or anything like that. I think that you're right. You've got to have things that are just going to get on with it and be OK so that you're not going to have to be constantly coddling them. 
Yeah, unless you're unless it's really sunny, and that's... unless that's that that brings you joy. I mean, some people some people want that whole very very intensive kind of um, you know care regime. Personally, I do not have the time for that, so that doesn't that doesn't work. But some, I know some people have a very very Hilton Carter, who I interviewed recently, had a very very yeah. strict regime of houseplant care, and um, that was wonderful to hear. I just know that's not me, and it's never going to be me. So. <laughs> and I'm the same and I'm the same. And I don't, I don't want people to get stressed about bringing plants into their home, you know, and if you just bring one in, just bring one in and try it. So don't, you know, some people like Hilton, oh my gosh, it sounded like it brought him so much joy. I loved that interview. And, um, but some people, if it's going to stress you out, just start with easier, start slow. Cause they really can bring and how how can it bring you joy whether it's that nurturing part or that easy part and just looking at something really cool and natural yeah and um there are some lovely pictures in your book of different ideas of how to display plants in the bedroom can you just talk through some of the things that you suggest in the book as good strategies or good plant combinations oh sure i think um if you you could layer if you have a big bedroom and a lot of people don't you could um yeah would layer your plants if you have a darker bedroom bring in some that are a fresh bright color like there's a limelight dracaena that can take low light that is really beautiful that might add some some oomph or some color to your bedroom um i would say if you're small on space you want to wall mount something you could put as i said earlier a little marimobile which are these aquatic plants that are super easy um, just take low light and um, you could just mount it on the wall in a little dish somehow. Or you could, um, oh, we talked, um, I thought about um, a little picture frame on the wall that would make it really easy. There's, you just glue some moss to a picture frame and put that on the wall. And that kind of evokes the feeling of nature, yet it doesn't take up any space. Um, it just is something on your wall. That is a good point because I I love I would love to have a bedroom with a you know a super king bed in it and like you know but I've got a really <laughs> small bedroom I, my bedroom yeah, I can just yeah. about like walk between the bed which is a standard size double bed which I'm sure Americans would think was like ridiculously small uh, but a standard size UK double bed and I've just got room to walk between the bed and the chest of drawers and the wardrobe and round the other side of the bed and that's that's it that's it's not a massive space um yeah I we do not have the biggest bedroom in the house this is what happens when you have children um (laughs) so you know there's no floor space I couldn't have anything on the floor um and yeah so I think that's a really good suggestion to have things that are up high and I guess also good if you have got children that might be getting their hands into things as well oh exactly Yes. And there are some um, there are some containers that you can hang from the ceiling that are waterproof and self-watering. Um, so you could do something like that, hang it from the ceiling or or do a bracket extended from the wall. And uh, and then it's it's also not going to drip all over your floor if you if you water it when you water it. That's a big deal. More from Baylor shortly. But now let's hear from our other sponsor for this week's show. This week's episode is also supported by KiwiCo, bringing fun, hands-on projects to your door for children aged 0 to 16 plus. The great thing about KiwiCo is each crate comes with absolutely everything you need to complete a really cool craft project with your child that makes learning fun 
so you won't be rushing out at the last minute to buy that glue that you forgot. KiwiCo has hundreds of projects to choose from and each one is centred around a different aspect of science, technology, engineering, art and maths. Visit kiwico.com slash on the ledge and get your first crate free. Just choose your line of crates and get them shipped monthly. You can also cancel or pause your plan at any time. My daughter loved her doodle crate, which is aimed at 9s to 16s, who love to be creative. She got to make a felt succulent garden and model her own clay characters. And she said, you know what, mum, the best thing is you don't need to worry about me overwatering it. So change the way your child plays with KiwiCo. Visit kiwico.com slash onledge for your first crate free. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash onledge to get your first crate free. And now back to my chat with Baylor Chapman. Do check out the show notes while you're listening. Lots of info on the plants we discuss and also for the lowdown on Baylor's book, Decorating with Plants. And you also talk in the book about plants soaking up sound pollution. Are there any particular plants that, that are good at soaking up sound? Yeah, so I thought that in doing my research for the book, I thought that was a really fascinating um, a part of it is how, how plants help us in, in absorbing sound. And of course, it's not going to be like a sound wall, but it is going to be like adding a carpet to your place. So uh, plants absorb and they refract and they reflect um sound. So they do it three different ways. So a big leafed um, plant like a ficus lorata or something like that, the fiddle leaf fig, that is going to be really good because it's big. It's got a lot of surface area. And it's also, if you get the topiary type or if you get the full bushy, then it's really going to help you with, uh, with sound absorption. And also if you get a big plant, and I know we talked about this, a lot of bedrooms don't have the space, but if your bedroom has the space and you have, say, a um, a five gallon or a 10 gallon pot or a big, big chunk of soil on the bottom, that soil and that pottery is, and the basket or whatever you have it in is also going to absorb sound. And you can also think about layering your plants. So if you're not going to do a ficus lorata, you're going to do tons of little stuff. You can do it that way. And you could also put plants in the corner. Then it kind of absorbs sound from, from both directions. And when it comes to houseplant trends we obviously sansevarias are are really big are there any other plants that when on your travels around nurseries that you're suddenly seeing people really getting into yeah someone asked me that the other day we were you know i'm seeing a lot of this the oxalis out these days which i think are so sweet um especially because um they move with the light and they they kind of go to sleep you know go to sleep at night so i think that's a neat one for the bedroom and that one seems to be really trendy right now i'm seeing um a lot of those and let's see i love there's a new ficus i love and and correct me if i'm saying it wrong it's ali or ali i i was saying ali i but another nursery person said ali and it's a i uh, said ali but who knows yeah that's what i would say too because two eyes on the end but okay so ficus ali i i think it's amazing i just love it um i think it can come in two different forms meaning that you could get this topiaried form where you, it's a little lollipop style or you can get this really bushy variety bushy style and if it's not pruned up and i think that's a neat one for the bedroom and it's fairly easy um and it doesn't uh it's not 
uh, subject to losing a lot of its leaves, like some ficus, when you move from one from one place to the other. Because I often like to move my plants around my house. And I think the dracaenas as well, like the lemon lime. And there's more interesting dracaenas as well around. I saw some really interesting ones at um, when I went to the Netherlands to visit uh, houseplant nurseries there, and they slowly seem to be seem to be coming through onto the market. I think we I've been a bit sniffy about dracaenas. I think they were so they're such common plants that you don't tend to sort of notice them but i can imagine they'd be really good in a bedroom because they are so tough oh they're so tough yes they've got some heft they're not a tiny plant but at the same time they're not taking up too much room yeah well there's one a janet craig uh just you know which i love and i've gotten in a little tiny you know three inch pot that I can put on my windowsill or put on my tabletop. But then I also have one that's, I don't know, four feet high. Um, And it's just, it's an amazing, it's got amazing structure and these deep green leaves. Um, And I think that one um, has been really good for me in lower light conditions. And also the limelight dracaena, which I think is so beautiful because it's this chartreuse bright green and it can lighten up any space. And again, it's, it's been a very easy plant for me to take care of and what about bringing in your book there's some lovely examples where you've kind of done I think you call it a living centerpiece where you've brought lots of different plants together that's my favorite thing to do is that something that is a presumably a relatively short-term creation that might last a few months but isn't kind of a long-term thing or do you try to put things together that will be happy together in the long term Good question. So I think I do it. I do it both ways. So it really depends. I mean, if I'm going to do a succulent arrangement with all succulents and it's kind of this jewel box thing, of course, that's going to be a long lasting arrangement. But sometimes for weddings or events or special projects or someone's having a dinner party, I'll do them and they have a little more of a short term life and not the life of the plant, but the life of the arrangement together. Um, So I like to do those that you can either plant them all together or you stage them, meaning that you have a big vessel and you put in props in the bottom to make everything the right height and you put in waterproofing plastic pots below each and then top it with moss. And each plant might have different um, requirements or needs or desires as far as water or light goes, but it might be a really nice thing to enjoy for a week if you have house guests or you're having a big party. And these arrangements can be anywhere from three inches to, you know, I don't know, a few feet, um, a few feet high and big. So that's what I just love to do because I like to kind of rival the cut floral um, arrangements, not meaning compete with them, but just kind of how can I make this planted arrangement just as beautiful as some cut floral arrangements are. I guess that this goes back to our original point about playing with plants that you, this is exactly what you mean, that you're just using them as material that, that, might have a long life, might not have a long life in that particular form, and then you can break it apart and do something else. Exactly. And that's what I kind of love to help people with is kind of, yeah, it could live here for a week and then you can take it out and you can put it in a single pot and put it exactly where it, it might thrive a little bit better. Or you could take them apart and give them to friends. You know, it's it's kind of my favorite thing to do is kind of create those living arrangements or living centerpieces. And what is the nursery scene like in, in where you are, a place where you're able to get hold of really good plants? Oh my gosh, we're so lucky in the Bay Area. It's in Cal- I'm in San Francisco in California and I traveled down to the Santa Barbara area which is near Los Angeles. Um and all along that way they're just great um great nurseries. I would say that a lot of our 
house plants, though, do come from Florida. You know, I know they're shipped over from Florida, and I know some of the dracaenas come over from Hawaii as well as other plants. Um, but I feel like we're pretty lucky here. And, of course, the houseplant trend has really been picking up um, in, in San Francisco as well as everybody everywhere else that, or other places I've been, I should say. Yeah, I can imagine that San Francisco was pretty early onto that trend uh, as a major uh, urban centre. And I, you know, I think uh, your climates probably means that you can grow some really interesting things. But what it, I, San Francisco climate, is everybody got air conditioning? So inside, actually, it's not. So is it one of those things where air conditioning plays a role? It does not play a role in San Francisco at all. I, I mean, maybe some people have it, but it's really a, um, a climate that doesn't vary too much. Um, we have a lot of fog in the summer in some parts of the city, um, but it doesn't get terribly cold here at all. So we don't have that fluctuation. And I know with air conditioning and plants, people have have um, some troubles with that, but we're lucky here. Oh, that's great. Well, I've only visited once very briefly to go to um, <gasps> visit um, Yahoo headquarters, funnily enough. Oh, did really, you? Yeah, it, I didn't really get to see much of uh, San Francisco aside from that. So I will have to come back because uh, it, it seems like one of those places that I should spend more time in. But uh, I, it's all part of the On the Ledge US tour, which... As Great. yet, it's completely it. um, a, a fantasy in my head, but maybe one day it will actually happen. But um, it's really nice to see this book actually coming to fruition and inspiring lots of people. I, have you had the book is I think it's been out for about a month and a bit. Have you had a good reception so far? Yeah, I have had a good reception. It's been really nice. I think that um, people think that, you know, thank you for making it easy. There are different ideas in it that makes it accessible. And I think that's what I'm hoping for, is that it's not so hard to create some beauty. And um, yeah, and just give it a whirl, give it a try. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, Baylor. It's been great fun to talk to you. And I will report back once I've got my bedroom fully um, <laughs> greened up. Okay, great. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. And I want to see the picture of the, the Pilea, Pilea that, uh, yeah. that replaced the, the football picture. So yeah, um, I'll send that through. I'll send you a picture of that. You can see it's sort of, uh, well, it was suffering a bit. It had gone a bit crispy from its poor location, but it's it's reviving fast now. So it's obviously happy at last, which is good. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, Jane. Okay, take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much to Bailey for joining me this week. I hope that's inspired you to think about bedroom plants in a, perhaps a little bit of a new way. I'm off to search for a super clone, but I'll be back next Friday for more houseplant chat, tips and tricks. Right, I need to find uh, where the dog's gone and get off this beach, so I'll say bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Say bye, Wolfie. Oh, I forgot he can't speak. Anyway, Wolfie says bye too. <laughs> bye. The music you heard in this week's episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, an instrument the boy called Happy Day Gakana by Samuel Corwin, and Water in the Creek by Josh Woodward, with ad music by the Heftone Banjo Orchestra playing Dill Pickles, all licensed under Creative Commons. See janeperone.com for details. 